Hey, my name is Adam Wrigley from Bots FC and Shatter. My name is Paul Gansitano. You can call me Moose. And uh, you're listening to the RoboCast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Sam Elliott, 64, and welcome back to the RoboCast with myself and World of Woodrow. Jevon, how you doing, Ooh, man? I'm it's, good. It's, it's, bra- it's bracket time. It is indeed bracket time. Excitement rising. Somebody's going to be crowned the champion of BattleBots 2020, 2021 even. Uh, God, the years years are so confusing. I'll see what the website does. 2021 slash 2022. Not not, not confusing in the slightest, is it really? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, And we're joined by, as we kind of introduced, uh, Adam and Paul from Shatter. How are you doing, guys? Adam, we had you on last year. Paul, it's your first time joining us. Um, Welcome back. How are you doing? (laughs) It's a uh, hey. full mid-Atlantic uh, allergy season here, so uh, apologize <laughs> for the stuffiness. But no, that's fine. <laughs> that's that's all you can get. I'm nursing a very bad hangover, so we can we can go. With that. It's just, that's absolutely fine. I've just um, had a week of COVID, so <laughs> uh, we're, we're all suffering. Um, let's let's talk let's talk this season so far because you are one of a number of teams this season up to this point who had only had two fights. Mm. Um, obviously, we, we spoke to. Pete uh, Abramson last week, and he kind of alluded to the fact that scheduling just kind of cramped and cramped and cramped, and then there just wasn't time for those two and O bots to uh, to get their third fights. Um, what was kind of your initial reaction to not getting one? Because it must it must have been frustrating for you guys, because you know we, we've said before, every team spends thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars right on these machines, and you turn up to an event expecting, okay, we're going to get a set number of fights to kind of. Not get your money's worth. That's not the right thing to say, but like to kind of justify you doing it, right? Surely it must kind of have must have affected you a little bit, kind of thinking that we didn't get the, the full yeah. the full quota. <laughs> I think. I mean, our first reaction was that we were extremely angry, and that was also probably our second and third reaction. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you know, I, I think it, your money worth is is kind of right. We have sponsors who are giving us money. And we want them to get their money's worth in TV time. Um, so that that is one part of it, which was hugely upsetting. Um, secondly, is we use the fights to test things. Um, you know, you think you're going to get three regular season fights. You win your first two. That gives your third fight like a great sort of low risk way to test. You win, you get a higher seed, you lose, you're still in the tournament. So you can test something. Um, we had a lot of new things going into our tournament fight more than we would normally want, but were necessary for the setup. And then some of them didn't quite work so great. Um, and it's like, if that had been our third regular season fight, we would have known a lot more going into the tournament. Instead, it was our first tournament fight and now we're out. So that was really upsetting. And, and I just think, you know, I, I understand what they're saying about like, well, we only had so many fights left and we needed to figure out who can get in the tournament. Correct. Like, well, you guys should have thought of that earlier <laughs> yeah. because you knew how many sessions you had. You knew how many episodes you had. It wasn't like there were ever going to be 20 more fights available. Like that was how many there were. You yeah. matched the wrong people against each other that ended up with the wrong fight records. And then now we're paying the price. The people who shouldn't get their fights are the people who have fewer wins. If you win, you should be rewarded in my mind. It's just very backwards. And to 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 do it that way and i think they thought of it like a buy you know i, I don't yeah. think they thought of it like that like they're giving mm-hmm. us a bye week and we should be happy like but we want to be on yeah. tv the email we got specifically said congratulations <laughs> is so, it, it is I, I mean i suppose it's interesting in the sense that you know you the only other 
upside, I suppose, is you don't take damage from a third fight, right? That's, I suppose that's the only kind of silver lining is yeah. there's a potential you fight a, obviously you were two or no, you could have fought a rotator or a whiplash or whoever, and it could have been quite messy. But as it turns out, you don't get that data anyway. Like it may not have been messy. You may have just turned up and stomped them. It, it's it's kind of, it's a difficult balance. And I, I understand I understand their perspective of, okay, we've run out of time, but also like you guys need that data for later on down the line, obviously against Riptide, let's say that, for example, you know, it could have been a different story had you known going into it what set up to do or anything else along that matter. It was it was one of those things where, you know, we came in and we were a bit hesitant with the weapon because we didn't know how well the new hammerhead would work. And if we had been able to test that weapon out in our third fight, we would have known whether or not to be hesitant um which would have helped us in in the early goings of that fight but you know i think you're totally right the production's thought was we would be happy to not break the robot sure but you know we we sort of come to the show because we want to break the robot (laughs) on the show um and so it's 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 kind of back and forth you know like it's we need to get that tv time to attract and retain sponsors and so to do well to go undefeated in the regular season um, and end up with two matches on TV was, was you know, I, I think really disappointing for us. Um, we're happy to make the tournament. We're happy to get a high seed and we're always happy to be at BattleBots. But um, we were hoping for more and we're a little bit disappointed how the schedule ended up affecting um, some of the teams that did better in, in a negative way, especially yeah. coming into the tournament, which is such an important time. Um, and it just felt like we were kind of thrown off at the end of there. Yeah, we had so much momentum, too, because our first two matches were great. You know, our, our match against Sub-Zero, it was a really fun, dominant win. Uh, Blacksmith was, black, you know, back and forth, a lot yeah. of fun for TV. You know, sitting at 2-0, we felt really good. We had a lot of momentum. And then all of a sudden, we got the rug pulled out from under us and said, you're just going to be sitting around until the tournament starts. Yeah, it's it is pretty frustrating. I I can I can completely get that. It's you know mm-hmm. you, you, you turn up to fight. You don't turn up to sit around and twiddle your thumbs, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's one of the the detractions of having such a, a big field of robots that yeah. you know there's there's more robots there than you can fit fights for. So perhaps BattleBots takes a look back at this season, goes okay, perhaps we need to tone it down a little bit, have less bots. Perhaps a more varied field of There's sort a great of post newcomers that, um, and the hypershock put out wasn't there of like the fact that season four was meant to have originally was meant to be eighty teams and like you think well yeah. how on earth eighty eighty it's, it's teams no going to get three fights it's just not There's it's no not viable way. unless you have like doubled the filming schedule at least it's it's yeah. kind of crazy. I think what was confusing to us is is context setting and expectations. In the past, the way to get more fights in the regular season was to win more matches. Correct. And if you didn't win your matches, you didn't get more fights, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we always knew in the earlier seasons, like, you're not going to get four matches unless you're winning. If you lose your first two, then you're only going to get two, right? If you lose your first one horrifically, you might only get one. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted more matches, you win more, and you would get more regular season matches to prove yourself. And this was the first year they twisted the equation. And I think if they had just told us earlier then we might have been happy about it. We would have been proud of the achievement to know that we we earned that buy. But because we were thinking we were earning a third fight, those mismatched expectations are what made all the teams get a bit upset um, because it wasn't what we thought would happen. And I don't know why that happened and, and how that happened, but you're right. Like, you know, it, it just seems like we need to know a little bit more going into it. 
fewer robots would certainly be easier to get more fights and more consistent, but then you have fewer teams getting the chance to go out there. Is that better? I I don't know. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tough balance. You know, it, it's not an easy one to call for sure, but like, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. Um, I do want to talk about your first two fights before we kind of crack on with the episode. Obviously, you mentioned you know, Sub-Zero was an one of those rare fights where they don't put a big kinetic weapon in the in the arena, and they always seem to be really fun. And this seemed like a lot of fun for you guys. <laughs> yeah, was... I, I I think we have fun. I, it was really disappointing to realize that like their weapon just wasn't working for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they said later they had overpressurized the system, and one of the valves kind of locked up. Um, so it would have been more fun for sure if they had been able to flip us back and forth and, and had a little bit of back and forth. But it was nice for us to be hitting someone and having their panels coming off and to puncture a battery um, and and get a lot of real damage in there w- was great. Um, but it's disappointing they weren't at 100% because they're a great team. We talked to them a lot. Um, they use the same sort of speed controllers we do. Uh, so it was a little disappointing that they couldn't be at 100%. But yeah, I mean, we had fun. <laughs> And obviously, your second fight was uh, blacksmith. The the I, I say the traitor to the hammers, I suppose. <laughs> Hang on. You knew that this one was a long time coming. They've been talking <laughs> about it for so long. I'm glad it finally got to happen. And yeah. you know, we we remarked on some other channels, but it's funny that they put two hammer robots against each other in the arena, and neither one actually wielded a hammer at all. You know, we got a hammer saw against a sword. Literally, it, it, yeah. was, it was a crazy thing. Hello, Steve. We're kind of partway through discussing the, the previous fights of Shatter this year. What, what have you made of Shatter so far? Good. <laughs> he's, he's getting set up. We'll cut that. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think Blacksmith was one that we wanted to fight for a while. And it's interesting because, you know, we're both hammer robots and... Um, they have a lot of popular videos and everyone knows that in the past, you know, they've had trouble with uh, dealing damage with that hammer. And it was one of those tricky things where a lot of people said, oh, well, Shatter's better than Blacksmith. But we were always worried if we fought Shatter versus Blacksmith that their durability, um, drive power, um, et cetera, they would just bully us around the whole fight. Um, and they would have so much armor that we probably wouldn't be able to do much to them, even if our weapon is more damaging, that they would be sort of a, a great counter for it. Like we're we're a scissor and, and they're a rock um, mm. kind of vibe. So even if we might be beating um, paper all the time, that they, they would still uh, beat us if we matched against each other. But the interesting twist was in their redesign this year, their weapon became more dangerous, more um, more of a concern for us, but they compromised some of the fronts um, by moving weight into the, the hammer system, they had to remove it from elsewhere. So they ran their heavy tops. They couldn't run such a strong front uh, system against us. So they weren't able to push us quite as much as they might have been able to um, with last year's robot. And the new weapon was more vulnerable to ours. So we were able to do more damage than we might have been able to do in previous seasons. And they weren't able to push us as well as they might have been able to in previous seasons which I think pushed the scale further to us this year. So we were really happy uh, to fight them this year. Might have been a different fight in previous seasons, even though Blacksmith this year overall is probably a higher tier robot with that better damage potential. For us, it became a better matchup. So it was an interesting twist of details, I think. But we were really excited to face them, you know, cross-state rivalry. Um, We're always kind (laughs) of got our online banter back and forth in the the Facebook group and stuff. But uh, 
Well, Alza, you, you say it's more damaging. The the Mary special. Let's, um, let's, let's talk about the, the picture. The behind perfect you. <laughs> design strategy of taking out the belts and almost first hit, you swing down and take out the belts. You do exactly as you'd planned to in in just a beautiful move. It may have ended up a little bit banana shaped nah. at the end of it, but um, it's all going to play. Was, was it that fixable? Hit, right? that's, it's called that's, the hit, didn't it? Yeah, was that fixable? That sort of banana ring. Did you manage to flatten it back down? Yeah, Paul and I took it over to a hydraulic press. I think it was at the... Um... Switchback. Oh. Yeah, Switchback. Yeah, switchback. we borrowed a lot of uh, tools from them. They were, they've been fantastic to us. They brought a whole machine shop's worth of tools. Oh, wow. They, they but <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we put it on their hydraulic press, and about an hour later, going back and forth, back and forth, we flattened it out. Amazing. <laughs> it was so funny. We we had video of it. I think it's on our website in the uh, somewhere um, on the post-flight blog post on botsfc.com. But you can see us like pushing it down and it would go flat and we'd go past and then it would like spring back to bent. <laughs> so it took us a while to figure out like, okay, how far are we willing to push this past flat to try and account for the spring back? Because it was scary. I'm like, we're we just going to break it in half. <laughs> and so it took so much bending to get it back. It's It's pretty flat again. But we're like, how compromised is this? You know, like how many <laughs> work hardening have we done yeah. and, and everything else? It's just going to snap um, the next time you swing it. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty flat, though. We, we, we got it. Flat um, enough. But, for, yeah. Flat enough for another fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's in the spare pile. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the, 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 the worn to be looked at and maybe never used again. But, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a good memory. A case mark. of emergency. <laughs> yeah. When you say it's a big question mark, is that the shape of it, or is it the? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least you don't go the Scorpios well... route and snap an angle grinder on it. I mean, at least you got you got that just in case. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just an True. angle grinder attached to the end. Amazing. Um, let's talk about this week's fights. Yeah. Of course, mm. um, for those that haven't seen the episode yet, don't watch on anymore because it's big time spoiler territory. Because we're in the top thirty-two now. We're gonna start spoiling people's people's days. And um, speaking of spoiling people's days, no, no. Oh, so what was your reaction when you saw the draw against Riptide, um, Adam and Paul? Because it it seemed for for me when I was filling out my predictions, it seemed like a very unfavorable fight for you guys. Mm. Yeah, probably more anger. No. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really. Honestly, my initial reaction was, oh, this isn't so bad. Uh, mostly stemming from the fact that they were a rookie. And in some of their previous fights, you know, we hadn't seen them shake out some reliability issues. Uh, we we noticed that the bearings that their big egg beater was running on are actually kind of small. We thought we may, might be able to sort of knock it off its rails. Um, then the more we started to think about it, I mean, the more we started to analyze their design, we that's when we started to panic because, you know, we're thinking, okay, we don't really have an exact setup that can counter this it's it's unlike anything we've ever faced before or anything we've prepared for it's it seems like a very like the fact that their whole front end yeah. is kind of the same size as your front end and kind of it hit mm. like with a disc it's kind of different because it's, it's a very specific point it's hitting whereas riptide is all of it yeah, yeah I, I think first the uh, first thought was yeah, maybe this isn't too bad. And then I was thinking about some of our lower weight class fights, like when we fought a robot called Botseps with I was going to say, this, this felt like a very similar matchup to Knock Off White versus Botseps. Yeah. And we said, oh, well, that went fine. We just went over the top. <laughs> um, and 
there's one key difference I'll, I'll get to, but I, I think the thing was, like Paul said, we saw they had reliability issues. So we thought, like, if nothing else, we should be able to, to outlast them and the weapon will just break after a few hits or something like that. Mm. But this is the difference between two fights and three fights. They had a third fight where they found the flaw mm. and then they fixed it. They spent a very long time fixing it, but they fixed it before our fight. And that's one of those things where, like, that's where the difference is between like a buy in this sport isn't quite always equivalent, especially in the regular season. You know, if we had a buy in the first round of the playoffs, straight to the top sixteen, awesome. Getting a buy <laughs> in the regular season is a little bit different. Um, and so they were able to get those kinks worked out and fix their reliability issues. Almost like uh, with sports where you rest your best players. Like, is that really a good thing to do, or are you going to give them like you know, it's whether or not they're going to be out of form, sort of thing, right? Afterwards. Mm. Yeah. And I, I think the big difference that we saw in this uh, was in Botseps. If you look closely at that video, Botseps doesn't have wedgelets. They have little kind of vertical like wedge things on the side of the robot on the on opposite ends of the, the beater bar, right? Where the buttresses are. On a Riptide, Riptide has wedgelets there, very small wedgelets. Um, we didn't think they would have weight to run anything there because they were putting so much weight on the top, but uh, they had weight to run them. And what that enabled them to do is like you're saying, they're so, so wide. Um, when they went straight on to us, those wedgeless, and I haven't looked in slow-mo, but what we think happened is those wedgeless got under our front just enough that allowed their beater bar to hit the bottom of our blade of armor. So instead of like in the knockoff white fight where the beater bar is just kind of bouncing off the plastic and not able to chew into it, it hit the bottom all at once with this gigantic wide piece of metal. And then when it did that, it just sheared every bolt, <laughs> ripped it off. Because unlike a disc, it couldn't, it didn't slice through it. The yeah. disc gets under us, it just slices through the plastic, kind of tosses us a little bit. Um, but when you can get so much engagement, that's, uh, that's where the problems were. And as soon as we had one front on engagement, we were, I was just like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> and it did it take off because uh, correct me if I'm wrong your setup is uh, you've got the ablate of HTPE or uh, UHMW UHMW, UHMW, UHMW that's it yeah similar um, plastic denser. followed by a, a metal piece of armour on the front as well behind that and it's just taken both of those bits yeah so what happened was we have one big piece of plastic in the front it hit half of it so hard that it ripped our one piece into two pieces <laughs> <laughs> set the one flying then it sent the other half flying uh and then it hit um the metal behind it and you can see the difference between when it was hitting the plastic and that was absorbing like some of the impact mm. versus mm. then when it was able to get that metal corner and just launched us into the wall uh -huh. onto um, the sneeze guards on the... yeah it was so it was um yeah. it was painful we, we think the hit that kind of did a synthesis they kind of hit us in the back at one point and it kind of buckled in the the billet um and that buckled the frame like a quarter inch or so um and then the magnets hit the ground mm. they're only like an eighth inch off the ground and then when the magnets hit the ground we were unable to move there were some other things going on too where the plastic back panel was kind of high centering us and then we just get wedged in the wall like on the your hammer, on the strangest tko ever <laughs> I mean, you say that there's, there's yeah. another one later oh, well. on we need to talk about. And but, I was like, uh... where's my unstick? I thought we were supposed to get unstuck from the wall. They yeah, never unstick so, us. So, so that hammer, the pulverizer that was actually coming down on us, was controlled by ours. I was going to say, you, you, we, were to to to, we were trying to break it free. We were trying to knock ourselves back into position, yeah. 
<laughs> was so it good. working? No. Um, See, the, in a previous season, um, you you may well have managed to dislodge the axe head, but you've mounted it differently for this fight. Um, so instead of going mounting through the top of the the blade, it's now you're putting two bolts through to hold it. Yeah, um, so previously... I watch your videos. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> we had three half-inch bolts holding it in from the top. We've changed it to two one-inch bolts coming in from the side, and they're not regular bolts; they're shoulder screws, meaning that the body of the bolt that's taking the forces has no threads on it, just mm. solid one-inch hardened steel. Um, so it's much, much, much stronger, and they're not just going in through the metal arm; they're mounted inside of rubber bushings. So the hammerhead. In, in the up-down direction is completely shock-mounted, and it's also shock-mounted in the side-to-side direction, in addition to the arm can twist in that way. But it is, the arm will hit directly on the hammerhead when we hit down. So when we're hitting you, no shock-mounting. But if you hit us in any direction, the hammerhead is, is shock-mounted. It's beautifully so, designed, but uh, unhelpful when you're stuck in the wall. <laughs> like we, did because... uh, we, yes. we did get one hit. We did get one hit. Um, I was getting it, excited in that moment, thinking, come yeah. on, botceps, let's see, sniping the lipo, come on, maybe, no. He, oh. he went over the weapon, just like the botceps fight, while we were kind of stuck in the corner. You can see they backed off after that point, they didn't come near mm. us again. We hit their top panel, and we severed a motor sensor cable. We'll go over this in our post-fight video and in our post-fight blog. We were about an inch away from hitting every one of their receivers. Oh. Um, and so it's it's one of those things, it's like, we got destroyed, like completely but if we but... had one inch off on that hit we would have won the fight or at least gone to a double ko yeah. mm. um judge's decision mm-hmm. so uh it's it's tolerance is it's odd small. how close the blowouts are sometimes and the last thing I, the smoke I, that was coming out was that just from overworking the motors trying to get moving or i no, think we might have lost that was one of oh, our ESCs on the on the weapon it blew up which is, I think, why we couldn't actually fire the hammer and try to get ourselves out of that position. Is because mm. the, the was it a weapon C? I thought it was a yeah. drive. Hmm. No, it was a weapon ESC. Interesting. Yeah, I kind of blocked a lot of that fight out of my mind. I actually <laughs> forgot that we got Bad the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you just repress Everything the after thing? the robot blade of armor coming off was just like, well... <laughs> yeah. the break. Yeah, mistakes were made. It is unfortunate because obviously last year you had such a good season. You know, you only lost to Endgame in the top eight in the main competition, and then this year, you know, losing to, admittedly, Riptide doing very well, but it's it still must have been frustrating thinking, ah, oh, what could have been because you were doing you were already like you know I said you were two and zero, oh, it was looking pretty good, and then yeah, I think over. like Paul said, you know, we just didn't have a setup for it. Mm-hmm. The more we thought about it, you know, I I think what production thought or what everyone thought was, oh, okay, Shatter can beat Verts, right? Yeah. They beat Lockjaw <laughs> right. last totally. year, and this robot is a Vert. It's, it's not as good as Lockjaw, and uh, they'll be able to take him out. But the differences in the width yeah. and how it affected our blade of armor and the setups we ran, you know, we just didn't have that setup. And I think if in retrospect, if we would go back, I would have run our bite force style front, which is four wedgelets mm-hmm. and tried to bet more on getting under them than what our bet was, which was that the plastic would be able to absorb the hit, right? The plastic was unable to absorb the hit. That was the wrong bet. Um, and the best setup we would have had in, uh, at the time would have just been the wedgelets because if we ran our keep away prongs, the social distancing prongs, they would have gotten immediately destroyed, right? The, the little, the little thumbs oh, yeah. have gotten torn off. So mm-hmm. Those wouldn't work. Um, I think going back, we would have just run the the wedgelets. We're making whole new fronts for next year, so we'll have better um, setups for this. But yeah, we just didn't 
didn't pick the right one. And that's pretty much all on me because I was like, we'll do what we did against bot sets. And it just did not. This wedgelets changed it. Uh, I mean, did not work. <laughs> we also drew inspiration from Minotaur. I mean, we fought Minotaur two seasons ago and they also have a wide weapon. Mm -hmm. You know, it's considerably different, but we ran this configuration against Minotaur and they were just grinding up against the UHMW. It didn't actually get a good bite on us. So we said, this is probably the most analogous situation to when we, you know, face Minotaur. Maybe this can work again. Mm. Yeah. Was... And it, similar to Minotaur, eventually they got a hit on the titanium behind the plastic here. Mm. And, and again, like sent us flying. <laughs> um, yeah. But because uh, everyone says, well, you lost the Minotaur fight. It's like we did lose the Minotaur fight, but that was because they hit the titanium sticking out of the plastic. When they had been hitting the plastic, it was working very, very well. But yeah, not here. It might have been a difference also in the diameter of the weapon. That might have been a, a difference here because Riptide is so much bigger. Mm -hmm. um, it would have been hitting a different part of our plastic, even if it wasn't for the wedgelets. But um, yeah, we'll have different setups, different fronts, different things. But it's just, yeah, we we thought we had the data to prove that this was the right setup. And they just, yeah, we just <laughs> hit <laughs> they hit They hit really hard. Let's, let's just say that much, yeah, right? <laughs> they do hit very hard. And um, uh, when they get their bearings working right, yeah, uh, they can hit very hard a lot of times. <laughs> definitely. I gotta say one little thing that makes me kind of happy is when we were assembling the robot and kind of bored in the pits, I wrote, uh, oh no, on the yes. titanium yeah. wedge. And we got to see before it. Before <laughs> we put the UHMW on and like in some weird twist of fate, like that corner of the UHMW came off and exposed that one <laughs> like note and they zoomed in on it. It's so good. Like the, fa the fact that, you know, to be fair, at that point, if you know that that's that's on screen, yeah. like you know you're having a bad time, right? Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. <laughs> it's good yeah. to see that. I think teams need we, to incorporate more like little Easter eggs into parts of their design yeah, because you know yeah. teams put stuff on the bottom of their robot expecting to get flipped yeah. over, but if you put little Easter eggs behind pieces of armor yeah. that indicate or you know, different color foam in the apart, wheels. We've seen teams yeah, do that yeah. where, like, it either seems like they're bleeding red or blue. <laughs> you really <laughs> hurt me. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. Definitely. We um, had a little um we had a little sort of uh reference to knockoff white on this year's robot as well. If you look closely at the bottom of our robot, yep. it has a bottom and bottom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um obviously we will get to a little a little bit later on, I think, because obviously Shatter itself you know, you, you are working on new Shatter, you are also working on another robot, yeah. which we'll kind of talk about a little bit later on. But um how would you kind of feel like you know, going out at this stage, you know, have, having done so well last year, like Obviously, not officially confirmed yet, but you know, bounty hunters. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm supposed to say we're in bounty hunters, but we're out of the tournament, yeah. so I don't think it's a spoiler to say we're in bounty <laughs> yeah, hunters. You guys, why would we not tell to do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to see more shatter later yeah. in the season. But we will move on, Jevon. Do you want to? I've been putting it off. I mean, <laughs> you're still recovering, I'm sure. So, um, for, yeah. For those that for, the, for those that don't know, I'm you know Adam and Paul as well. Uh, Jevon picked Hypershock to win this year. Um, it's his favorite robot, and P one P one got its justice. Yeah. 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 What uh, a what a fight! Yeah. I will say yeah. right here, right now, that thing was bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> Just from the the little ramping and the jeeks of hazards maneuver. <laughs> Being upside down for quite so long and, and doing all right. It's the best they've driven upside down yet. Um, it's, it's going in the right direction. For Fl Florida's got a bunny ear problem. Uh, I hope it's not yeah. like viral and spreads because, I mean, 
it's not good. They were too short. <laughs> they were too short. Yeah, they were yeah. a little bit too short. Um, it looks like they bent because they fell upside down so violently mm-hmm. that it yeah. flexed them. Um, and I don't like think they were in the end. That. Yeah. Um, of yeah, course, that was... enormous hit as well, wasn't there? Right at the end, which killed their weapon dead. It's yes. just like... yep. Yeah, it's just smash done. Well, even, uh, yeah, it's even... 90 seconds just grinding against the floor, so I'm not totally surprised that it, it was under a lot so of stress. I've actually, I spoke to Will literally yeah. right after I watched the fight. Give you an internet tunnel. <laughs> But for, for starters, uh, because there's something uh, a little bit secret on the bottom of the robot again this year, and I found it, um, and Will asked, oh, whatever could that be? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I uh, asked the question, what happened to the weapon? And his response was, not quite sure. It was a little bit funky towards the end, and after the buzzer went, we managed to spin up to full speed again. So... Um, no idea what's happened there. They took it out to the test box. It spun up perfectly fine. Um, Might got a bit hot or something. Might those are the worst kind of like issues. Yeah. So yeah, um, he has also said something which is uh, interesting for for Will, and I think he may have been replaced by a, a clone or a duplicate or something. He said he's not going to redesign it because hmm. this year's is too good. Um, <laughs> I completely agree with this year's is phenomenal. So they just need to work on, you know, what went wrong with yeah, the well, Tolan. Make the ears a little bit bigger. <laughs> yeah. You've got yourself a winning winning We have there. this conversation every year yeah. with Hypershock. We're like, just please, just just iterate. Leave it alone. Just iterate. Leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah. He said he's <laughs> not changing it. I don't Which believe is, it. We have to change a few things because yeah. not everything went right this time. He yeah. also said that uh, he his uh, he couldn't say on a previous thing that he's been on. He couldn't say what his favourite fight uh, ever it's was, uh, which means it's coming up. He also then said, "You could take that to mean that it was the P1 versus Hypershock fight." And I said, "It was a good fight. I'm not buying it." Um, <laughs> so yeah, hopefully once again uh, we shall see Hypershock again. I mean, it spent a lot of time upside down. Hopefully they got a lot of people to buy merch. It was. That was that yeah. was really what we were going. Yeah. We, got, we got a good shot of the of the QR code. This I've got year, to say we? that the uh, the secret shop is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Unless you've got I, money, don't, yeah. don't, don't bother. <laughs> I think um, I, I don't think it was a bad pick to pick Hypershock coming into the tournament because they were looking so so scary, mm. and I think part of that confidence coming in is what cost them there. Right? If they had just been a little bit more patient, and they only had two fights, just like you, yeah. you know, they never had that third fight. Yeah. Yep. I did and then think again, that... if they had had a third fight with that confidence, flipped upside down, and realized the ears were too yes. short or flexed too much, they could have exactly. fixed it. Yeah. Again, another issue of not having that yeah. testing, not having that third fight that that Correct. could have prevented. That. I hope for for production's think... sake and for all your sake that you guys have the time you need to film because the, the the show suffered unfortunately. It suffered with the power outage. It suffered with the rush schedule. It, it helped. It's all learning, you know. It, it's it's this sport is still i know it's been around for for 20 years but like the amount of seasons we've actually actually done and weekends we actually spent filming i mean it's almost like one season of nfl right not even you you look at football or soccer and how long that sport has been going and how the rules develop over all that time and as you said this sport is what 23 24 years old it's It's infancy it's a baby yeah 
Correct. Yeah. And it's just, it's so um, rare that we, we once a year, we get a chance to go yeah. play with the big lots. Mm. And that once a year we say, oh, okay, maybe we should do it a little bit differently. And and I, I don't think any of it is malice. You know, yeah, it's just, we're just still trying to figure out some yeah. of it. Yeah, was one of, honestly, one of the best things about the 2020 season was that since we didn't film in front of an audience, we didn't have to align to eight fights per session. Mm -hmm. So this way, when things were falling behind, we were able to cram as many fights into a shorter period of time as we mm -hmm. could. Mm -hmm. In 2021, with the audience again, when things started to slip, we still had to align to those taping schedules. So we couldn't yep. make up those extra right. fights. Which also yeah, exactly. affected a future fight of a pick I made. And oh boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah but I was going to say we'll discuss yeah. that when it comes I, to yes. it. But, um, there, there would have been time for a certain robot to make the tournament yeah. that didn't. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I want to say in, in terms of this fight is, um, obviously, for me, I think you were right. I think Will could have been a little bit more patient, but let's not take anything away from P1 because Brandon oh, yeah. drove it beautifully mm -hmm. again yeah. like the for the third time this season. It's, it's just driven it superbly. Uh, having a conversation with people this week about. Um, how I feel Hypershock is sort of one of the most underrated or no, overrated underrated robots in that <laughs> it seems that everyone is talking about it except I'm not hearing much talk about it <laughs> and if that's the case P1 is direly underestimated and it really shouldn't be because P1 is a superb machine and it was super unfortunate to not make the bracket last year really um, yeah you know, we, we've discussed at length yeah. uh, the the shortcomings of that, um, but this year, not only have they made the thirty two, yeah. they've made the sixteen, and that is a phenomenal. Step and they in the right they, uh, they they won that fight clearly. I mean, it, you you can yeah. say yes, Hypershock got those two big hits and shock. Hypershock you know, got two hits in a three minute yes. fight that P one yeah. controlled and was aggressive yes. for. And they used well, and if, if, if the strategy was a category, they left them upside down. You know. They did. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and they, they, I think Brandon drove in a position where he, he made Hypershock have to work to self right again. There was a moment where P1 had its flipper up to say, almost, no, you're not going to use me like a ramp yeah. again. Right. You can stay yeah. there. You're saying, Adam. They, they drove that absolutely perfectly. And I think they, they earned that judge's decision. Yeah. 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 I thought it was pretty clear that they would win because, you know, when you get those two big hits, I, I think they're very flashy yeah. and people say, wow. But if that big hit didn't do anything, yes didn't damage the robot substantially then all that hit was was a moment of control yeah a split second moment of of control pretty strong control but then immediately p1 is back in and controlling the fight again and then not only did you not damage p1 you damaged yourself yes. somehow yeah. uh and, and so uh, this that, season damages damage yeah. even if it's temporary yeah. <laughs> and i i think that's the right way because that's all that matters i mean if i'm in a fist fight and i break my hand punching your face i'm gonna lose the fist fight <laughs> i can't say later well if I hadn't broken my hand, but I did, I did break my yes. hand, right? So that's control of the opponent's face. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but uh, it's funny because I think P1 is underrated, and but if you look back to the Robo Games days, P1 is so much more like Original yes. Sin and the way it works at BattleBots mm -hmm. than uh, free shipping is, um, in that it's it's low, it's controlling, it's durable, it dri it's driven well. Um, that it really is sort of the the heir to that that sort of robot. And if you remember the Robo Games days, you know, Original Sin always used to yeah. win. It was Never the did. one to fear. It wasn't <laughs> always uh, Tombstone. You know, like you might not come out of an Original fight, Sin fight in a bundle of parts, yeah. but you'd come out with a loss. Yeah. And you'd, you'd have a sick feeling in your stomach of what did I do wrong? 
<laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And so that that's what I think P1 can be. And I, I think for a lot of the, the more casual fans and the newer fans who aren't, they don't remember that or don't know about that, mm -hmm. they underestimate control bots and wedges because uh, spinners have gotten much more powerful and durable these yes. days. But the it's not to underestimate the control bots and the wedge bots and, and mm -hmm. how they how they fight. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about fight number three, which was our 32 seed play-in between Malice and Scorpios. Uh, Scorpios yeah. bullying Malice for three yeah. straight minutes, pretty much. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I, I can thought imagine the kept just working. Diana just going, sorry, 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 <laughs> for the full three minutes, because uh, for those that don't know, Bunny and, and um, Diana are the best of friends. Um, <laughs> it's such a harsh matchup to put them against each other, but I think it's one they'll enjoy. Um yeah. yeah, poor Malice's weapon as well. Like, okay, they got it working just perfectly against Blacksmith, <laughs> yeah. and then straight out the gates. Oh. Boop. I mean, a prime fight for Scorpios, right? They're built to fight horizontally. Exactly. It, yeah. um, I was just confused why this was even on TV. Yeah, it was a play-in match. Yeah, I feel um, like I feel it, like they kind of yeah for the drama. Again, right. cut our tournament. I, I just think of it from these people did not do well enough to make the tournament. Mm. Now I love both these teams; mm. they're great teams. But you should not be airing a play-in match over people who made the tournament. This mm. is, again, giving TV time, giving sponsorship time to teams who didn't do well enough. Mm. And what are we trying to reward here? Is this a mm. sport or is this a, like, I don't know. It, it just pushed me the wrong way because it felt, again, like just mismatched expectations and, uh, I don't know. Just not sporting to me. Like Especially if the entire F1 race zoomed in on the last two people for the entirety of the race and said, this is the battle for 19th place and never once showed the leaders. <laughs> Maybe a yeah. bit more extreme, but that's the vibe I get here when you yeah. show this fight over people who properly seeded higher and made the tournament. Especially um, and the, again, the fights that were the cut as well. Point, yeah. The whole point of all those one and one people fighting each other was so they could more easily seed the bottom of the tournament and we still ended up with play-in matches, right? Yeah. Like, what is this argument about not having enough time? I don't know. I, again, I don't think it's malice. It's not what I would have done. Um, so it's more just confusion on it my part. It was literally malice, though, wasn't it? It was in this way. It was malice. <laughs> in this case, in this case, it's literally malice. <laughs> um, I will say, like. Especially when the the fights that were cut in this episode were very good, and we'll get to those a little yeah. bit later yeah. on. Um, I I I'm, I'll never tire of watching Scorpios. It's it's wonderful to watch around the arena. You know, Zach drives the wheels off that thing every single mm -hmm. fight. But I I, do, I completely get your point. Like you know, at the end of the day, like we're here to see the top thirty two, not the the thirty two player or the 30, like highlight that fight and kind of say, hey, look, this happened earlier because they had a play in for it. But here's the results, and now they're fighting this team. Yeah. It, it's also a great opportunity to hype the main tournament. You put exactly. the play-in matches on YouTube ahead of time. You say, check out the play-in matches. Get excited for this week's episode. Mm. Look how good these are. Imagine how good this week's episodes will be. Exactly. And it's just, it just feels weird. You know, it, like, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. It's, it's, it's definitely a, an interesting one to, to, to kind of pick the bones up. But, you know, ultimately... Scorpius was fighting a robot, it's built to fight. And the result yeah. was as such. <laughs> Big, um, durable wedge is going to be the horizontal almost every time. Um, they've got perfect shape for yeah. Yes, we'll get to that a little bit later on as well. The uh, the weight distribution of Scorpius with that new weapon mm. is a bit 
suspect, but we'll, we'll, we'll highlight that a little bit more when it fights um, game later on. Um, in the meantime, we'll talk about fight number four, which was a stunner between Bloodsport and Minotaur. Oh. It's a it's a fight between the two bots that have previously beaten Endgame. Who will get to mm-hmm. have a go again? Basically. Um, <laughs> um, maybe. We'll, we'll wait and see. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Minotaur right. in this fight was just on absolute tear. And for those that haven't seen um, Nick Bouchaltz and his video on the Bloodsport channel about their weapon choice, very interesting. The club sandwich. Of, interesting choice. Especially yeah. considering you know, the fact they had all those problems with the S7 weapons last year and the kind of realized okay we didn't have the weight to do the uh, the the uh, ar weapons with the same style mm-hmm. it was a really good insight as to why they chose it because i i looked at it as as soon as i saw the the weapon i thought minotaur's just gonna eat that like and, it, yeah. and sure enough it did and yeah but and it, it, it did all the anything. things that they said hopefully it won't do uh, in that video with the sort of bending up and the uh, but but what, what else, what else could they have done, the... right? Because like, yeah. an S7 bar would have just been snapped anyway. And I think use the key. I know that they said they couldn't <laughs> use the key, but I have seen that thing tease so much and I really want to see it now. So just use it. Go full send. Just key. for the art, the I art style. I want to see the key. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much of a difference it would have made. As soon as I saw this matchup, I knew exactly yeah. how it was going to play out because Bloodsport relies on getting some room to breathe you know, they, they turn their weapon off, they turn their weapon on, they need a, a couple of seconds to really gain their yeah. ground. And Minotaur is just notorious for being right on you the entire match. Yeah. And I knew that that's exactly what they were going to do in this one too. Absolutely. It was it was just curtains. Uh, it's, not, it's not an ideal for Bloodsport at all, because obviously the armor package that Minotaur brings is just so very tanky. It's so small that they can afford it to be maximized with their armor weight and and that package they bring they had a really tight setup this season with a, a drum that fits snugly within there as well it's just there there is no room for big damage unless you've got something that can really cut into it and i i just didn't see that happening with the with the blood sport weapon i was time. impressed with blood sports ability to keep moving after taking so many direct chassis hits mm. from uh, minotaur i mean i, I think that when you look at a lot of big horizontals, usually if you can get to their chassis, you know, it doesn't take a lot of hits to take them out. But the Bloodsport billet was working really well with all those direct um, chassis hits from Minotaur. So I was impressed with that. I mean, the weapon didn't hold up very well. They weren't able to get spinning very well, but they were taking those hits and, and still moving, um, was which surprised. was pretty impressive. Yeah. I was surprised that they managed to keep spinning quite as well as they did because I think they managed to remove both of the S7 weapon teeth, which balanced it out again. Um, but I only, <laughs> I, I, I must have missed the second one go because there's one goes and I'm like, oh, well, that's going to be unbalanced now. And then I'm yeah. just watching and going, no, that's spinning fine. It's not shaking itself apart. It's just, yep, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think a testament has to be that Bloodsport was still running at three minutes and the weapon was kind of still working at three minutes as well. Yeah. Like, after going... Like it was, it wasn't as if Minotaur kind of. I know they stopped their weapon for a little bit, but they, it was working again at the end of the fight. Yeah. It's it a case of you went three minutes with Minotaur at full power and just, yeah. just didn't die. It was unbelievable. And so that was really good. I mean, it was obvious who won the fight, and it was a terrible matchup for Bloodsport. And and Minotaur did what we thought Minotaur would do. But I I will say I was impressed with Bloodsport like staying together. Like I would I would have thought if their weapon bar did that, that they would have just been done. But they were able to to keep going, which was really really impressive. I will say though, they call it a club sandwich. It only had two pieces 
of bread. <laughs> yeah, at a least club three. sandwich needs a third. They, Did it have I, a third in them? No, it had. It had the aluminium core, didn't it? Yeah. So the aluminum is the you meat of the sandwich, yeah. right? And, and then you've got the AR bread. You need a third piece of AR to make it a club sandwich. <laughs> and I think that's what failed them. If they had that yeah. third piece, then it would have been okay. Up and up and up. Yeah. <laughs> you get oh, two yeah. pieces of aluminum, three pieces of then, then it would have yeah, been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. And some lettuce. They, yeah. Add this just a regular sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the bacon? You know, there's, there's so many <laughs> I think it's still uh, in Battle Royale uh. Yeah, still, still, still spinning <sighs> around. Um, it was a good fight, but kind of one-sided and Minotaur deservedly going through to the round of yeah. 16. Fight number five. It's, a, it's another poor matchup, unfortunately. Well, for, we, we, we kind of called this, didn't we, in our, in our 32 preview between hijinks and saw blades. I mean, it was... To say... To say they that, removed a motor, <laughs> just to, fully took it out. It was surgical, wasn't it? Really, and, uh, although I don't think Sawblaze was at full like full capacity because like towards the end it really started to like labour with its weapon hits. I think. I think there's a, a hit where they managed to hit their own chassis uh, yeah. or their their front wedge, and it seemed to not spin quite as well from there. Yeah, correct. Um, so I don't know if they've managed to jar something in their system when they've done that hit, but um, yeah. Poor, poor hijinks. Poor hijinks. <laughs> the wheels yeah. stayed on. They did stay on. And, and she... they kept driving for three minutes, to be fair to them. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was probably... On one the... side. Yeah. It was probably their best, like, durability-wise, their best performance in BattleBots, mm. period, with hijinks. But, um... Yeah, Sawblaze is something scary. <laughs> and, like, it was... Okay, just the way that it kind of, ki- like, sliced the whole tail off as well. Unbelievably. Mm-hmm. Unbelievably good. Yeah, it reminded me of, like, taking the tail off of a shrimp before you... you... <laughs> Yeah, I, I love every Sawblaze fight that ever existed. I mean, they're my favorite robot to watch because the, they're so aggressive. They're always stay on you. They cause so much damage. It's just, this was another prime example of them dominating. Yeah. I mean, you, I, uh, cool. I had picked Sawblaze as a robot I really want to drive uh, in our AMA recently because I, I think, like, I, w- I would be so much more aggressive with the weapon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always so hard when I watch the fight and he holds it. Like, Jameson is the most patient driver in the world with yep. his weapon. And I would just be smashing people. Maybe I probably wouldn't win as many fights, but I just want to, for one one time, go out and just be, like, crazy with it, you know? Like, man. You, you, you bring that up, and uh, it's interesting. When we were watching it, at the start of the fight, where the spinner's not spinning because Jamo gets him pinned and then spins up and then hits, he really uses that full 10 seconds. Uh, yeah. pin time but um, everyone was concerned watching it it was like oh, oh no it's not spinning I was like yeah you wait <laughs> here but we he go does it, I wonder how much of it is a, is a mental thing to get in your head because you're like oh no you, you know you're just waiting for him to spin it up waiting yeah. for him to hit you in the lower weight classes he's letting you, he's giving you time for a tap out in the upper, we don't even have tap out. He's just like uh-huh, uh, he still does it <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to bring up Megatron because obviously you fought Megatron, you know, with your featherweight emulsifier. Quite a few times recently. A lot, yeah. yeah. I was, say, was it twice at the last Norwalk, or was it three twice times? Three times at the last Norwalk. Oh, it was, wasn't it? It was the... It was... Beat it, sent it down to... Losers. And then losers. Yep. They beat you, and then they... They and beat then... you, and then they beat you again. Yeah. Yep. Like, what what, what what, would you do in, in a fight against Sawblaze with... Let's, let's, let's say Shadow as an example for now. Obviously, we'll talk about a bit more about heavy emulsifier a bit later, but like, what would you do? Because how do you even fight it at this point? 
Yeah, well, I mean, we're redesigning the whole front end for next year to have more adaptability. So, you know, we'll have a different prong set up to go against him. Top armor is always hard on a robot like Shatter, which is big and wide and flat. Um, mm. I think it's sort of like JMO's like dream matchup, right? To, to go <laughs> against us with how much area we have for him to smack. Um, we ran our top armor config against um, uh, Blacksmith. I mean, Blacksmith is very similar to Sawblaze. I think if we had fought them in 2021, we probably would have ran a very similar setup to what we ran against Blacksmith. Mm. But we're always making iterations, so we're working on it for next year um, to be better than that. So we'll have more weight for armor and configs next year. But uh, I think, you know, it will probably look somewhat similar to the Blacksmith fight in, in terms of what we would run. But he really beats us a lot in the better <laughs> way. Um, so, you know, we'll see. It would be nice. It would be nice to win one against him with the heavies. So, who knows? Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, let's talk about fight six. Um, so it was meant to be Witch Doctor versus Glitch. Mm. But um, for those who have seen online from Witch Doctor and Glitch in particular, uh, they both put big posts out about like, what happened because Glitch weren't there. Yeah. It, and the super sub that was brought in, uh, to, much to my delight, was Mammoth. Uh, so it yes. was Witch Doctor versus Mammoth. What I will say before we discuss the fight itself, yeah. uh, I do just want to talk glitch very, very yeah, briefly absolutely. because in their rookie season, going undefeated in the preseason is a massive, massive step for them and a really quite phenomenal. Bearing in mind, you know the issues that they've had with between fights, getting it all back together again, and I mean, I think I'm right in saying these rebuilds that they were having before this matchup were happening between almost every fight um, where they're having issues getting it back together but they managed it and they managed to get three wins to their season which is a phenomenal rookie season for them and their yeah, strength the schedule was pretty decent too yeah, yeah. what a crazy season for them because it, it could have gone so much differently like their first matchup against chuck and ghost raptor um not a lot of drivers would have done what he did and let them go yeah. And if they don't do that and they immediately lose that fight like that i'm not sure they get a second or third fight Certainly, they don't get a second fight against um, Hydra like they did. No. And so their season could have gone very differently if, if that hadn't happened. So, I mean, that's Battle Bus for you is always a little bit of luck of the draw and, and how the fights go. Definitely. But um, quite that was that was a why. That was like a fork in their season. And mm. Chuck gave them another chance and they, they took full advantage of it. Um, it's cool to see another omnidirectional robot doing mm. well. So proving that that you don't just need um, four Brazilian wheels to be successful, uh, <laughs> you know, you could you could do something a little bit different uh, and and still work well. So it, quite the season for them. Um, disappointing to see that they couldn't get their top thirty-two fight. Another yeah. weird decision in my mind. You know, this was pushed to the last fight of the top thirty-two. They couldn't make it happen at that point. To me, you don't substitute the number nine seed with the number thirty. Five. five ranked robot <laughs> uh you give the team who is fighting them a buy that's yeah. how it should yeah. work and again just why why did this fight happen um it didn't really offer anything either because we've seen before yeah. mammoth has fought with um hypershock which yeah. he really you know you know you can obviously they're very similar robots they they, they share workshops they've, they've done shows together it's, it's they're one of the same more or less right and 
the same result. You know, like it, it, it offers. Bless, God bless the mammoth. You know, they 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 had a go anyway. They tried, but it, I mean, they, a... they they always go out there and hard and try hard, and yeah. they're a difficult yeah. robot to fight. Especially, I mean, you saw our fight against them. They're weird, weird shaped. Um, One of the best but, fights you know, last season, doctors... I thought, by the way. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, we were doing like it was like we were doing somersaults off a jungle so gym, you know. Uh, it was great. And so I, I think they're a cool robot to have on the show. I, I think they're a really interesting take on on how to make a robot, and it works really well sometimes when you don't expect it. You know, that Witch Doctor had some valid concerns around like they're like we have bits that stick out that they might catch. Um, but to me, again, just it is this a sport or what? Because you don't just replace the number nine seed with the number 35 seed in the NCAA tournament. That right. is never going to happen. If no. the team can't come out when it's scheduled to happen, it would be a forfeit, right? And so it's confusing to me. And I just personally dislike it if we're trying to be taken seriously as a competitive sport and not just a spectacle on TV. These are the moments where you have to make the tough decision and not just randomly sub someone in to just get a fight on. And then if you do it, like again, rewarding the number 35 seed with more TV and sponsorship time to me is odd. Again, I like Mammoth. I like the team. If I was 35, I would have taken the opportunity too. Mm -hmm. uh, like, of course. But it's just odd to me that this is those are the decisions that get made. I know it's tough. We're, we're all learning every year. But I, I personally would like to see it more like a competition, like a real sport, the way you would see um, tournaments run and elsewhere. And we, we were talking before this podcast about F1's difficulties last season mm. trying to um, deal with a, a weird situation. A lot of people were mad about that. Mm. Um, these decisions are tough because you don't want to piss your fans off controversy is controversy which can be good but when they get angry is when they'll start to stop watching there were a lot of people angry about this episode um mm. online so Definitely. yeah you know it is what it is we'll get there uh congrats to uh witch doctor and congrats to mammoth for getting a, a chance in the tournament i mean yeah that's nice yeah especially after the, the struggles they've had this season um they, they i think blew it up before their first fight um they've sort of been fighting back ever since so, uh, do I find it crazy that Mammoth got a, a top thirty-two? Okay, obviously I know they did, but they got a top thirty-two fight in a with a strength of schedule of Hijinks, Tombstone, Lucky, and then Witch Doctor. Like that's ridiculous. Like, well, who would have thought? Like Mammoth would have been, like, a few years ago when Mammoth like arrived to this point. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's it's crazy. It is crazy. I mean, yeah. their tournament run last year spoke volumes. That it, it it's very legit. <laughs> struggle to have a game plan against it and yeah. it's one of those things where huge i think people now do have a game plan against as soon as you can hit that body uh you're looking at a decent game plan mammoth what are you doing <laughs> um how how do you fight it what are you going to do what are they going to bring this time um nobody can predict a mammoth fight i would no. say you were really, really sweating last year i mean that was the most nervous I've ever been in the three seasons that we've been doing this <laughs> is waiting for that judge's decision to come. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's you fought like big, big teams as well, right? You fought, you know, Witch Doctor, Minotaur, you know, so many cool, like, high-end machines. And then Mammoth was the one that was like, oh, God, what if? <laughs> I mean, it's 95% empty space. What are we supposed to hit? True. Yeah. yeah. That's, as I say, it's, it's a similar strategy to Huge. You know, you just got to hit the body or, or hit the wheel 
with mammoth it's really really hard to hit the body or the wheel it's just such a weird shape and it's so wide and then you get stuck and you can't get around to the wheels huge you know if you can take the weapon hits uh, or something there's some stuff you can do I, it would also be a hard fight for us to go against huge but um yeah it, it's like it's you know we're on a different uh we, we've talked to other people about this and it's sort of like you know new pitchers in baseball or whatever you know they come in and no one knows how to hit them or a new goalkeeper in hockey they come in nobody knows how to score on them when you have a newer robot you got to find those ways to beat them maybe people are starting to find the ways to beat mammoth now um after you know seeing some of those fights um but it, not every robot can achieve it because you know it's it's just such a weird one and you don't fight another robot like mammoth so everyone's coming in with an untested setup and an untested strategy and just trying to make it happen but yeah hope to see them back and uh it, it's just so weird just such a weird robot it really um, is it's, it's weird, weird and wonderful to say the very in least the, in the best way i mean yeah. that you know like <laughs> in the best way yeah so we have two youtube fights this week uh which were uh, a huge and uppercut and lucky and copperhead we'll start with huge and uppercut first i've spoken a little bit to jonathan um about this fight after you know he, he came on last week he was like he was gutted because obviously his season could come to an end but like he was so close yeah mm -hmm. and i've I, basically i've i've asked him what happened what killed him it was the um the pcb board i think it was kind of started to come out and that was it the weapon work was still working the weapon was still driving everything else was still kind of it all plugged in it just things started to come off the the electronics and that was it and yeah. they epoxied it all down afterwards and said that it won't happen again. <laughs> it's such a shame yeah. because it was it so was going close. really, really well for them. Uh, they they were taking the hits from uppercut. We uh, we spoke, as you said, we spoke to him last week, and he did show us some of the impacts he took from the uppercut fight and those chins. It had gone through the first layer of chin, not gone through the second layer of chin. So they were just absorbing the hits. That um, Tegris material is is super absorbent and uh, was taking the punches and uppercut was not taking the punches they side the, poles the weapon shaft fell out yeah it was it, they would they were on the ropes they really were it was uh, a struggle and when we were speaking about the the top 32 with Pete last week i said about the drive on uppercut being quite wily this season this fight demonstrates it perfectly because they looked panicked um they they didn't they they weren't as composed as as we might have seen them last year. It's it seemed very squirrely and very oh god oh god oh god I need to get in there again get punch in whatever uh, oh no I'm upside down oh god I need to try and drive I can't drive we're counted out. <laughs> it's not often that they're the ones that are getting tossed to the other side of the arena. So I think the first time that that happens, it's like oh no what do we do now? Yeah, what a great hit as well from Huge to make that happen. Like you know, we 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 spoke about the improvements to Huge's weapon system this year, like it's just way, way more competent and just launching up the way it did was outstanding, but yeah, not meant to be this time, unfortunately, just, just so. The Huge team have put up a big thing on their website of, uh, of the breakdown of everything. And uh, they've also teased something, which I'm going to show uh, now. <laughs> the best is still yet to come. <laughs> By the looks of things. What a silly fight between Deep Six and Huge that's coming. I mean, my God. <laughs> you can't wait. I'm excited. Jeff. I'm excited. <laughs> it's going to be a fun one. It really is. Um, for, for me, like, it's it's a good... 
you know, he just had a really big recovery this season. You know, the frustrations of last year, you know, the the bike rack and everything else that went along with it to to get wins against unusual opponents in retrograde and switch back and then nearly, 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 you know, beat Uppercut, which a lot of people think could have won it this year, you know. It's very impressive and credit to that team. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about the other YouTube fight then, which is Lucky and Copperhead. This was really good. I, I would always see this on, the, on TV. <laughs> yeah. This is honestly my favorite fight of the entire card even though it got cut. I thought this one was incredible. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that Lucky took abuse from Copperhead for pretty much the whole three minutes before even losing a wheel. Like, yeah. it was yeah. sensational. Like, um, if you look back at 2019 Lucky to this year's, and they'd have been done in the first minute uh, of 2019, and they've they've got all the way through to a decision this year. It's such a such a world apart from, from the last time that they fought. Yeah. Um, the, the driving is again it's on point and uh they they were doing so well a little bit of running away in this fight which you know at that point uh the game plan was out the window i think um so yeah didn't earn the many aggression points let's say but i don't think they thought the decision would be going their way anyway um because copperhead were dominant yes you know as much as you no know, the, the praise has to go to lucky for surviving copperhead were turning it on quite a lot and it looks pretty damn scary. <laughs> let's yeah. say let's it was say like three minutes of one bolt coming off at a time, and that's what I love watching about Copperhead fights is that it's just so like a thousand nibbles that are just ripping this off and that yeah, off. That's, and that's the what they of... call the uh, the yeah. YouTube exclusive "Death by a Thousand Bites" or something like yeah. that. <laughs> exactly. It's very Minotaur esque in that way, you know, like it's just just chewing away high speed. It, you know, seeing Copperhead come along the past few seasons, they're. They're really dialing in their reliability and just a tank. It's so small that the armor is incredibly thick. It's one of those robots you think, you know, how do you how do you go against them? It's yeah. it's tough. You know, they, they it seems like the only way they lose is when they beat themselves almost. So um, if they can just get their reliability dialed in, they're a really, really, really tough robot to fight. Yeah, we got super lucky when uh, uh, Mammoth beat copperhead last season because then we got to face mammoth instead of copperhead mm. which we were you know talking to ourselves how how the heck are we going to hit that thing it's so small <laughs> absolutely um for me as well you know the, another thing that I, we've kind of gushed over for the last two years in particular is the, is the beautiful artwork that kimberly does on the uh on the copperhead drama. you get to see it it's they posted it online it's about oh that's all right i've not seen it yet i need to go and find that go and find it i'll send it to you later jevon it's really yeah, nice. it. it is really it. pretty I, I, again you know, it's, but again, it's... didn't get shown off on TV. No. Naughty, naughty. Come on, come on, guys. There's better... You, you know, know, if you want to get your fight on TV, you're going to have to do a little bit worse, okay? You're, yeah. You know, you're going to be on, uh, you're gonna have the, to the 30, 39th fight. seed. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, these, are, these are the new rules that we got to play by. Yeah. <laughs> We're playing against <laughs> Kingpin or something. <laughs> Bring that back from a couple of years ago. Let's talk about the, I was going to say the main event, but it's not really. It's just the last fight of the episode. Yeah, um, the, the last fight. Scorpius and Endgame. Um, what a strange setup for Scorpius, right? Yeah, right. First things first, mm -hmm. Scorpius should have been at least the 31st, 32nd seed already. They had two main event losses, and uh, it's a bit of a crime that they weren't just given that space because they had really strong fights uh, mm -hmm. that lasted to the judges. One of those fights was a split judge's decision. Why the hell were they not? They both were, weren't they? 
Uh, they may well have been, actually, yeah. Yeah, they both They were. may well have been. Mm. So, yeah. Why the hell were they not a seed? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I can see why, because one and two, but, you know, you had the spaces left and they're the strongest one and two you have, so... Mm-hmm. I see, this is, again, a, a weird situation. Like, if you have a team who's lost the main event and then giving them another main event, you're opening yourself up to this problem. If they just hadn't done that, then yep. this... Schedule would have ended up with them two and one, having faced a more mid-tier opponent. Like it was weird, weird matchups that that got these situations. And um, I, I I just think sometimes it's like, well, this will be a cool fight, and it's true. But you got to think of the implications of on on the schedules and and the rankings at the end of the season. And yeah, I, again, everyone was rushed after that first power outage. I think part of that played into a lot of the matchups and the rankings being weird at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm trying to rush the the fights, rush the season um, but... together, basically. Yeah, but yeah. As you were saying, Sam, the the setup on Scorpius was odd. Um, it didn't look right, did it? Like it, 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 looked, it looked unnatural. Look right. it, it was. I mean, as I was saying earlier, aggressive wheeling not helped by the fact that they've now taken the weight that they did have off the front. <laughs> um, so oh, it's, it was a. I can see the why they would do this setup. They were sort of going for a more dustpanny approach without having the base of the dustpan, but at the same time, I've been attacked by huge. Um, it's all gone wrong behind me. <laughs> Absolute trauma. Uh, yeah, this this was a this was an interesting one. For for me as well, like I think what happened was they they took off all this armor at the front to kind of put more armor underneath. I'm assuming, and then. Like, I'm sure they could have fit like a, a basic wheelie bar or something. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not to take anything away from the Scorpius team. They, they tried to think outside the box and kind of, you know, try and outdo Endgame at something different. But I mean, it, it didn't help. Bless them, and they they paid it, the price quite quickly. <laughs> as soon as they came out in the pre-game sort of show off, you could see that wheelie happen. I was like, and it's like, ooh, that doesn't that's not gonna doesn't be bode good. well, does it? Really, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, it, yeah, and and the fact that they got kind of balanced on the I was I was alluding to your kind of hammer pinning earlier. They they got kind of stuck on the upper deck, and the the hammer saw getting wedged under the wall as well, yeah. so they couldn't move either. That was just unbelievable. They were they were proper stuck. That that was uh, I think that is the idea that they had of making the upper deck not have the boxed in section. That robots should probably get stuck if they have like one wheel hanging over but couldn't quite touch the floor on that side and one wheel stuck in the air i think that was the trap they were trying to set up and it, it finally happened but kind of not not how they expected the to no yeah definitely um yeah, end game it, continues <laughs> it's just you know end game is their game is the ground battle and if you're going to try and beat them at it and fail then you it there's not much you can do after that i, I think to me the way to beat robots like that is to drive around them to get to the side. And what the shelf or the upper deck has done is just completely eliminate the ability to get around robots. It's so hard to drive around to the side of someone when you have so much less room because you know if you go into those alleyways, you're done. Um, and you know you don't want to go near their hammer, etc. And you're trying to avoid the kill saw slots so you don't get stuck in them. And then the robot that's relying on this ground game just kind of points at you. And how how do you get around that? You, you got to play the ground game to get around it, right? You just got to go head to head and and then hope your ground game wins. Um, that's sort of what we're getting at this year is with the the social distancing prongs. Was like, okay, yours need to get under us, ours just need to get tangled with you. 
um, for, for our strategy to work there. So that was our approach against it. But I think that the upper deck was kind of made to limit the ability of these meta robots to just win the ground game and, and, and win and to make control bots and flippers and such better. But it, in my so, mind, it's actually made the problem worse because yeah, it shrunk yeah. the arena so substantially that you just can't draw. You can't have a driver's battle. It's just like jousting. I do wonder um, if they I, split the deck into two corners at the back there and had sort of outer corners that are upper decks, effectively, that you then have to drive over the screws to get back down. So you are forcing them to use those screws to get back off. I think that uh, almost all the builders would vastly prefer the corner um arrangement that you've suggested i think the way that it's constructed it would be very difficult to make that change yeah. um yeah. the way the screws work the way the panels work like i'm not sure if it's feasible for them to do it um but i think all the builders would, would like it um you know there's talk about like what could we do the shell can we make it a little smaller but i, I just think those corners and the alleyways it, it's really hard it just makes the arena so Again. much smaller you need to have um, it like one of those penny push machines if you're staying with Vegas that it just comes in and out like that. <laughs> and, uh, maybe you'll get stuck on it, maybe you won't. It depends yeah, if it's yeah. out. And it gets su- sucks back into the... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, the, way the, deck, back from... the way the upper deck was marketed to us at the beginning of the uh, tournament was that if you were up on that thing for more than 10 seconds, you would be knocked out. Mm. And yeah. that's why when somebody gets thrown up there, the, the red lights start flashing. And I'm not sure if that was ever communicated to the audience or if it just hasn't happened. I don't think it was but... ever communicated to the refs either no. because they, they then do the 10-second yeah. count out afterwards. So it might as well just be a normal bit of floor. Right. Yeah. Just like another example of rules that kind of need to be shored up, you know, Definitely. in addition to... I, I think overall, the, the popularity of the upper deck hasn't really hit the way that the production team has wanted it to, because mm. everyone that we're kind of seeing, you know, activity online are saying, you know, this is really not a positive aspect to this sport. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what happens next season, to see if it disappears, to see if it gets reconfigured. But I think all that feedback is hopefully making an impact. Fingers crossed. We can, we can only hope so. It's just, you just got to think about like what is the goal of the arena and the hazards and it used to be that it added damage to the fight because some of the robots back in the early 2000s didn't do a lot of damage they made the fights more exciting oh the hammer crushed them the saws came up and tossed them when the robots themselves weren't capable of doing that now you have robots that are capable of doing that um and what the hazards are doing now is pushing people towards the center of the arena you don't really want to go over the saws because you'll lose some control of your robot you don't want to go near the hammers again because you'll lose control of your robot you don't want to go in the in the alleyways because you don't want to get pinned. So it pushes everyone to the center of the arena. And when you push the center of the arena, you have more contact between the bots themselves because they're not just driving around in circles, which in a way is good. Okay, you want more um, impact. But I think it's gone a bit too far because it's just kind of turned into a joust and a battle of the ground game or in the case of Mammoth and Huge, the kind of anti-ground game. But you just have robots jousting. Like hit, 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 right on, like front to front, front to front, and whoever loses it, it just gets tossed into a corner and, and destroyed. Um, you have cool fights like Lucky and Copperhead where they're able to, to drive around, but it gets rarer when the hazards are pushing everyone further and further to the center. And um, that to me is, as a driver, what the impact of the hazards are doing. It's pushing us more and more to the center and more and more into this jousting arrangement, which does imp- like get more hits. But is that going to encourage bot diversity in the long term? Yeah, I don't know. So in the short term, yeah, it's great, lots of big hits. In the long term, 
how do you win the that? same yeah yeah without a yeah, they had that ridiculous stat that they they put up a couple of episodes ago that it was like 30 percent more hits per capita or whatever than last year. based on what what <laughs> data like, is, is this big hits per minute yeah, 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 that's, that's, that's an official number of mode. big hits yeah. yep great. Like, wait a minute do they have data they're not sharing with us is there fight yeah is there advanced stats that we could have Amazon Web Services, get on it! Come on, I want to, I if want you, to see. If you if some... you uh, if you flip over the uh, the battle box, there's actually a QR code that you can scan, and it will take you to the secret stat store. Yeah. Uh, oh, I want to know how many duels one we have. You know, yeah. where is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that? That pretty much sums up the episode. But before we let you two go, uh, obviously you've always competed in battle bots, at least with Shatter. This week just gone, you've released a trailer upcoming for a brand new. Bots FC Heavyweight Emulsifier. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, first off, we definitely didn't release that as a distraction from our horrifying losses. <laughs> total rumor. Um, but uh, we're really excited about Emulsifier. We did a total aesthetic redesign on it for this season. Um, a lot of people know we applied last year. We didn't We didn't make it in. We actually applied the season before. So this is sort of a third time to charm. Um, hoping to get in with Emulsifier. It's been doing really, really well. Lower weight classes, uh, we're perennially going against um, Megatron. Uh, we're one and two with Megatron on the on the bot rank ratings uh, for top featherweight. Uh, so we've been doing really well down there. It's, it's captain designed primarily and driven by Matt Boers, um, our teammate from Ohio. And so the heavyweight version is kind of the featherweight um, times two in every dimension. And then, you know, we made the treads extra wide. Uh, and so we think it would be really competitive. A lot of people say, oh, you're just copying the meta. Um, we've actually been designing Featherweight Emulsifier from, it, we started working on that the season Tombstone one. So uh, Verts were, were not meta when we started building this, um, but a lot of people's heavyweights have started to resemble the design um, that Emulsifier has had for, for a long time. Um, we're really excited about it. Uh, we think what's cool is that again, you know, it's a unique form of motion. And this isn't just to say, hey, let's get on the show with Endgame so we put treads on it, right? That's that's not what the inspiration was. Um, what happened was that the design evolved from trying to make, um, there was a robot at the time, um, well, I'm blinking on the name right now, but we tried to make a sort of a version of a, an existing um, vertical spinner in the featherweights. We want to make that with a bigger disc. We're like, let's make this, but like even bigger, like crazy, like just an insanely big disc in a featherweight. And uh, the treads were the lightest weight solution for optimum maneuverability based on our internal component layout. Four wheel drive would have required belts and chains to get power to the fourth wheel. But when we use the treads, the tread is the belt. So it's sort of a double purpose. Um, and it doesn't weigh any more than just the rubber on the wheels would have weighed. So we save the weight of that extra chain or that extra belt, et cetera. So it's weight efficient, it's traction efficient, it looks cool. Um, but it was mainly inspired by purpose, right? Similarly to Shatter, we use these wheels not just as a gimmick to get on the show, but because it allows us to aim the hammer. So the treads allow Emulsifier to be the most maneuverable uh, featherweight vert that there is. And we want to bring that to the heavyweight scale because it's been working for us. And again, it's purpose-driven. This isn't let's copy people. It's like a design we've been tweaking um, for like five, uh, five or six years now. So, um, and it's just how big of a vert can we make and still be able to move really well. Uh, you know, we're not going to hit deep six levels uh, of size here, uh, but uh, Bots FC is always about maneuverability. So it's combining the largest possible vertical spinner with good maneuverability is kind of the mantra of uh, Emulsify. 
and the theme this year totally redone just kind of to be as cool as possible it's vaguely based off of sort of like uh jet um like late world war ii or into post-world war ii era like jet airplane kind of graphics just kind of kind of cool looking a curvy um almost like a, a supercar if you remember the spiker supercars back yes. in the day kind of that aesthetic taking yes. that airplane aesthetic putting it somewhere else into into kind of a, a automotive world is kind of the vibe we're going for with the look and in the, the graphics just trying to make something cool like shatter you know just cool and different looking um and maintaining maneuverability with as big of a weapon as we can put um for me but... emulsifier is my favorite 30 pound robot that there, there are none that do nicer things than emulsifier does it is just beautiful and also wildly destructive and i love it i love it so much um and i'm super pleased like watching that video uh, uh that you put out was it, it was just oh i i it was like a, a mixtape to my uh yeah it, it made a mixtape to my love for robot combat because it was so <laughs> so cool and it, it brings yeah. all the good stuff like i i i'm such a fan of emulsifier i've built uh, my own lego version of it um, which is there for the last <laughs> season. Um, nice. And it, awesome. It's it's great fun to drive. Uh, I love it. I love it so much. And yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. And I really hope BattleBots pick it this year because it looks phenomenal, especially with the lights and everything as well. It's, it looks, looks yeah. really good. It, it's, um, it's really great. There's so many little details in it too that you know, like you can't pick out in our application video or, or things like... The whole geometry, the shape of it, the width, the size of the disc, the placement of the disc, the size of the treads is so we can reliably self-write without having to add a self-write mechanism. Yeah. You know, uh, Deep Six, for instance, has an entire secondary motor and chain system to get low enough torque so that their bar can self-write. It's really ingenious, but it has extra weight. Um, on Endgame, they have an actual self-writing bar um, because of the way their wheels are so internal and protected. They can't drive upside down and, and they don't have the ability to self-write without the bar. But because of the treads, because of their size and their placement um, and how they work and the discs placement and size and the size of the tooth as well, we're able to self-write um, at the Just same torque that we use to spin up using the wheels and, and the torque of the discs, which again enables us to have that weight efficiency. Um, so the design is, you know, I mean, it's a vert, but it's not your everyday four-wheel drive vert. We're not going to end up upside down on on our ears because we don't have ears um <laughs> so uh you know the geometry doesn't do the thing i might be jinxing ourselves here so i'm gonna, I'm gonna um, <laughs> wood. but uh we, we've put a lot of time into making it um as good as can be and the geometry and the shape is is very optimized um to be as maneuverable and efficient and as high power as possible so we're really really excited um to get that on there because you know we've had shatter and the heavyweights for a while, building the heavyweight hammer. And in the featherweights, we always had two. So it felt weird to not have the second robot. So hopefully we'll be able to get the second robot up there and and have another reason for, for people, to, people to fear bots FC. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's exciting Beautiful. times. Yeah. I have two final questions. <laughs> Question one, will we get to see Emulsify back at Norwalk this year? Oh, for sure. Emulsify will be back at Norwalk this year. Um, we're already talking uh, upgrades and, and such. Uh, and hopefully, we'll also see Knockoff White at Norwalk this year. With the There's my question too. <laughs> the limit. Um, we can now safely bring it without a complete redesign. It, it needs a, a rebuild, but um, that'll enable us to, to bring it as well. So really exciting NHRL year for us, hopefully. 
So the, my, my, I had one final question. Obviously, you can see me. I'm wearing the, last year's uh, white Bots FC shirt. Myself and Jevon have ordered this year's. What colour are we thinking for it? Oh, no! He's got it there! It's there! <laughs> no way! Oh, hey. got... <laughs> That's so good! So, so they just came in earlier this week. We shipped <laughs> out a, a majority of the domestic orders. Um, the international ones take a little bit longer. No um, there were a few we were having issues with. Though they should be getting shipped out uh, tomorrow. We're going to box them up today. Um, so yeah, I, I was keeping that as a, as a last minute surprise. Uh, um, we oh, do have them. I'm so sorry they didn't come in before the no, playoffs, yeah. but they should Fine. be there for, um, for bounty hunters, at least. For bounty hunters. Well, my, we my had question... a, a snafu with uh, Chinese New Year um, causing a big delay and backup with our supplier, but they're here now. <laughs> my, my, my last question was actually going to be, what color are we thinking next year? Because obviously you've got white, got blue. What are we thinking for 2022? Yeah, we, we started with black back in 2019. 2020 had the whites. 2021 was the, the two-tone kind of blue, purple, red. It's tough. I don't know exactly what we're going to do because I really like the 2021 versions, but we've got to do something. You know, you got to keep up, uh, you know, the tradition of, of New Jersey. So we'll, we'll think about it. it. It's not decided yet um, exactly what it'll be. Um, pink? But, you know, open to suggestions. It, pink? I think this year's, you know, we were going for kind of a pink to blue gradient, and they came out more of a pink to purplish red gradient, more on the blue side. And so maybe just push it, um, keep the triangles or... or I hear the colour scheme of pink to orange works quite nicely. I've got no (laughs) ulterior motives, and it's definitely not what we're going to go for going forward to Robocast. (laughs) uh, Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. Well, we got to, this is almost a pink to orange gradient I've got going in the back, back here. Um, yeah, we, we've also got to figure out what jerseys for uh, for Emulsifier if we get them in. So uh, mm. we probably would have different jerseys for the different robots. Wake it. That one <laughs> obviously has a, a different color scheme with the uh, orange, kind of yellow, red sunset sunset theme with the colors. So um, are you going to do a home and away kit? Surely <laughs> it's got to be. I done. was thinking, like, should we have a red square and a blue square kit? Ooh, you know, uh, like now that's the one. And that's that's what separates it. That could be fun. Food yeah. for thought, food for thought. But um, Adam and Paul, thank you so much for coming and talking to us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and hopefully we'll get to see more Shatter eventually in Battlebots, Bounty Hunters, whenever that's released. We, don't, we still haven't been told yet, but, you know. I imagine they're going to tell us, like, at, at the end of the last episode, there'll be a trailer or something, probably, yeah, maybe. Sure. I think they're, main, they're trying to keep its the robots competing in it secret so they don't spoil... Like last year, people would be like, oh, you know, you could tell who wasn't in the tournament. Um, I mean, they did kind of sort of spoil a whole bounty in one of the trailers for the series. So they've got themselves to blame for that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, thanks for having us. Uh, Always a joy to come on. Um, I'm going to have to give a shout out to our sponsors. Uh, Thank you to Prismir, um, who manufactures all of our aluminum components. Thank you to uh, TMS Titanium, who uh, provides the titanium for the hammer arm. Uh, and thank you to Max Amps, uh, who provides all of our batteries. Um, and it says Coos Watches on the butt of our jerseys, but that's just a company that I uh, haven't officially started yet because I, I made some prototype watches and, and they didn't work. So maybe one day we'll see... Uh, <laughs> watches actually come out but well there we are well with that all said and done i have been sam elliott 64 i have been world of woodrow i'm paul gansatana i'm adam wrigley 
and Steve sends his love. And he does. Myself, Steve, and Jevon. Hopefully, we'll be back next week for more BattleBots round of thirty-two action. We'll see you then. Yes. <laughs>